game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Puck gets to the middle of the ice. Here comes CeCe with it. Up the right wing for Esposito. Into the flames end on the right wing. He's by himself. Oilers making changes. Esposito brings it up the left. Back to the blue line. Kulak shoots. Scott! the game winner tonight Brett Kulak sailing a shot from the blue line past Dan Vladar with 11.05 left in the third period preseason victory for Edmonton 2-1 over the Calgary Flames they controlled the majority of the game out shooting Calgary 38-22 Dan Vladar doing his best to try to steal it tonight for Calgary but ultimately the Oilers get it done Leon Draisaitl scored short-handed in the first period Dylan Dubé had a first period goal for Calgary. A lot of the big guns in the lineup for the Oilers tonight. You saw McDavid buzzing around. He was part of a, a bit of a scary incident with Evander Kane, but he's okay after that. Nugent Hopkins, Hyman in the lineup. McLeod had a good game. Nugent Hopkins uh, on a line with McLeod and Fogel. Nurse and CeCe were in on the back end. We saw Jack Campbell play goal for the Oilers for the first time. He played 31 minutes and 12 seconds. Stopped 7 out of 8. Calvin Pickard went the rest of the way, and uh, he was 14 out of 14. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, we just had the Kulak highlight off the top of the show, Rob. Hockey's a funny game. About the 25th best scoring <laughs> chance of the game for the Edmonton Oilers winds up going in. It is. Having said that, a couple of really good plays happened on it. Uh, first of all, Esposito takes the puck, keeps uh, uses his body to shield the puck away from the defender, goes around the net and finds Kulak. And then uh, Nugent Hopkins just crisscrosses, gets in the eyes of Vladar. Uh, Vladar stopped everything that he saw tonight, so he had to make something happen that he wasn't able to see. And Kulak put the puck in the perfect spot. So a, a nice play, but as you said, grade A chances. That would be quite low on the, on the list of ones that Vladar faced tonight. He was exceptional. I mean, that's a backup goaltender that played an exceptional hockey game for the Calgary Flames. And to me, this was, and I said it on air earlier, a 5-1-6-1 hockey game. That's how badly the Oilers outplayed, and, and they should. Yep. Uh, this was a very good Oiler team playing against a, uh, a minor league team with a couple players spotted in for the Calgary Flames. Uh, but Vladar kept this game close and gave the Calgary Flames a chance to win. Yeah, as we've seen throughout the preseason here, some lopsided lineups and... The, the team that we expected to win has, has won all the games. I mean, the Oilers didn't score the last two games with uh, most of their top offensive players not playing. So they generated a lot of chances tonight, and it was evident right off the top. And then the second period, I mean, that, that was the one where it's almost, it was shocking the Oilers didn't score. I mean, 16-4 were the shots. It, Calgary had one flurry. Uh, a couple quick shots on, on Picard, but really, I mean, Edmonton dominating. Calgary hardly touched the puck in the second. Period. They did, and it's one of those things where the, the stars of the Edmonton Oilers started moving, and they started getting control of the puck, and, they, and it just one shift rolled into two shifts, it rolled into three shifts, and the Calgary Flames just didn't have the, the players in their lineup tonight to be able to stop it and push back, and if it, if it wasn't for Vladar, I mean, this would have uh, been out of hand in the second period. The Oilers' power play probably had about 
eight or nine grade A scoring chances. Uh, there, there's a couple power plays where they had four chances on the same power play they probably should have scored on. Uh, the positives you take out of this is they were dominant and the fact that they've saved some goals for another night because this is a game where there should have been a lot more pucks at the back of the net. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Opportunities for the power play unit in particular tonight. I wonder if you could give your assessment on that. I thought they looked really dangerous. Um, tip your hat to their goaltender. He made a lot of quality saves tonight. I thought we asked our power play to be a momentum generator, and that's what it was for us tonight. Uh, numerous good looks didn't go in. Um, you know, we can be sharper maybe around the net on a few of those opportunities, but certainly uh, tip of the cap to their goaltender. He played a heck of a game. Do you think maybe a byproduct of being the first preseason game for a lot of the players making up that power play unit as well? Maybe just with respect to the finish? Yeah, yeah, with respect to the finish. I, I thought we did a lot of the things we wanted to do against a good penalty kill. Um, our players zipped it around, and, you know, it was... It was exactly what we wanted it to be, except uh, we didn't get the, the final result. And uh, a thought on Jack Campbell's debut tonight. Uh, I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought both of our goaltenders were good, just like their goaltender was good. Um, Jack didn't get a ton of uh, work, but I thought he was clean with the puck. He was confident and big in the net. I was quite pleased with his first 30 minutes. Um, for Darnell Nurse. It's, it's preseason. He's obviously a very important player. Where's kind of that line between not wanting a guy to get hurt but understanding where that came from? Yeah, well, I think... Um you know, it's a it's a rivalry game versus uh, two provincial rivals that just you know played in a playoff series. So I think those things happen. Um, I would never want to pull back Darnell in that situation uh, because I thought he he tried to do it for the right reasons too, uh, which was he was sticking up for a teammate. And um, you know, it happened. It's part of the game. And uh, I know his, his teammates really appreciate it. It's part of what makes Darnell one of the most feared D-men as well. Um, Yamamoto, the play he made on the dry saddle goal there, uh, it seemed like some of that tenacious energy that you know he brought late last year showed up tonight as well. Yeah, just a dog on a bone, a relentless work ethic. Um, it was shorthanded, right? So, you know, like he did some good things. Uh, it started with a really good clear from Philip Broberg, got it up the ice, kind of their goaltender mishandled it, got them in a bad spot, and flat out outworked uh, their power play. Um, and for us to find a goal like that, I would say the thing that most people didn't get to see was that he took a hit to make that play, too. Um, we saw the nice finish, but he made, made a great play while taking a hit for the team in order to do it. Last one for me, uh, Fogel on that line with Nugent Hopkins and McLeod. Seemed like there was a lot of speed there, but yeah. what did you see from him? And, and you even tried him a bit on the penalty kill there. I saw a much better game from Warren Fogel. I, I thought... Uh, he was involved, uh, he was physical, big part of the penalty kill having some success, and that's an area of the, his game that he wants to continue to grow because he knows it's ice time as he moves forward. I thought, um, thought he put in a good performance, and I thought that line was very good too. Jay, what uh, 
up and you tried something a little different on the bottom pair, moving Ryan Murray over to the right and with yeah. Bill Broberg. What did, what did you see from those guys? What did you like or dislike? Yeah, uh, I thought Philip made a really good play on that first goal. Um, you know, we paired kind of the sticking with that theme of a veteran with a younger player there. Um, it was Ryan Murray's first time in camp on the right side, even though he has experience in his past of playing both. Um, just wanted to have a look and give Tyson Berry a rest. Poor guys played two of the last two uh, road uh, road preseason games, so uh, we gave Tyson a rest and put Murr with uh, Philip, and I thought they acquitted themselves nicely. Do you see, because you talked about Tyson Berry getting a rest, Evan Bouchard obviously playing on that that power play. Yeah. What do you see in terms of their competition there for that job? Is it Tyson's? Team? Yeah. How, yeah. How do you? Yeah, I think there's competition there for that. Say they're, you know, we're always looking for ways to get better and improve, and um, we're not just presupposing that we pick up where we left off on the power play. So there's work to be done there, and um, we're trying to trying to see different people in different spots. And as I said, uh, they moved it around really well today. Uh, it didn't go in, but got to be happy that it generated momentum for our team. Jay, did you put the right guy in the penalty box, Luke, Luke Esposito, to set up the goal? Yeah, I wish I could tell you I drew it up that way, Jim, but uh, I knew that I wanted someone coming out of the box that wasn't in our penalty kill rotation. I thought Luke was fresh. I thought Luke Esposito played a really good game for us tonight. He's ultra competitive. I've had the good fortune of coaching him for the last three and a half years in Bakersfield, so I, I feel good when he's on the ice, even against NHL competition, because he's so darn competitive and uh, um, he made a really nice play on that goal, and I, I like the shot from Kulak. And in the end, you know, we were in a position where the other team's goaltender was standing on his head, keeping his team in the game all night, but we found a way to finally crack him, and I think that's a good sign for us as we move, move forward. Thank you. Jay, you talked about Brett Kulak. Uh, how much has your appreciation grown for the players since he came in midseason last year? Yeah, he's one of those players... Um, who you grow to appreciate more and more uh, every day that you're around him. He has a lot of uh, subtlety to his game. And uh, he just quietly makes really good plays. Um, I think, you know, obviously he's a great skater. The last thing I would say is that he has an underrated shot from the point. Like he gets it through uh, with accuracy. And that, that shot tonight, I like how it was off the pass and uh, didn't allow the goaltender to set up. So it was a credit to him. He's played very well in his two preseason games. Uh, just your thoughts when you saw Kane kind of explode through McDavid there, right in the middle of the ice, the whole building kind of went. Everyone took a the deep breath. Um, you know what? I actually was calling the next line, so I didn't see it live. I saw it on video. Um, happily, uh, you know, like Connor was able to play the rest of the game, and so those things happen. And part of preseason is is people, you know, regaining their rhythm and timing and, and stuff like that. But those things happen, and uh, I was happy to just see that Connor played the rest of the game. Good. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 2-1 preseason win over the Calgary Flames. The collision he was asked about took place with 3.31 left in the second period going through the neutral zone. So that play started. Yamamoto tried to do the flippy to mm. spring McDavid on a breakaway. It didn't get through. It got knocked down by a Calgary player, so McDavid had to circle back, and then Kane coming the other way 
they ran into each other. My initial fear was, what, what was that knee on knee? I mean, I saw it live, but it happened so fast. And then on the replay, it was, it was really McDavid's right shoulder took most of the impact. He was down for a while. I mean, we're talking 15 seconds maybe. Went to the bench and, and, and didn't miss a shift. But no, he's probably surprised, stunned, getting his bearing straight on his ice before you. One thing, whenever you get hit hard, a surprising hit, you don't ever want to get up too quickly sometimes you're a little wobbly when you first get up and then you go down and then it looks worse so you get your bearing straight figure things out take a deep breath and then you get back up uh, it was what it's okay, this happens occasionally that everyone's looking at one direction and they were just going the opposite way and ran into each other you're always fearful of knees but for me to me the biggest thing is you're fearful ahead I just you don't want to get uh, concussion, concussion syndromes, those things just seem to linger too long. So fortunately, two big boys that ran into each other were no worse for the wear and uh, were able both to finish the hockey game. Do you ever have a collision with a teammate? Oh, all kinds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've done it in practice. I've done it in warm-up. Done it walking out of the dressing room. Yeah, lots of times. thing with me, though, it's never too bad because I never skated very fast. So when I got hit, it just kind of a little bit of a wobble. So I never really got hurt that way. Oilers win at 2-1 over the Flames tonight in the regular season. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we will turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That will allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. We talked about Dan Vladar, who was rightfully the, the first star in this game yep. for the Calgary Flames. Halfway through the preseason, we have seen in goal for the Oilers, now everybody, Campbell, Skinner, Pickard, Fanti and Rodrigue. Fanti has been assigned to the Condors, but I think that's been a positive. I, I, I mean, sure, Beniers scored kind of that, that sharp angle shot, but he picked a nice spot there on Rodrigue. I don't think we've really seen uh, an Oilers goaltender that looked shaky or where you were thinking, oh man, he's stopping the puck, but well, he doesn't look that confident. I, I, I do think the Oilers goalies have played quite well to this point. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that the Oilers defensively are a better team now than they have been in the past. Over the last year or two, they've gotten better, so they don't give up as many grade-A scoring chances. But having said that, the, the ones that they have given up, the goalies have looked confident. Uh, I know that the Oilers certainly want to have a third string if not fourth string guy in the organization that if there's anything that goes wrong up top uh, they feel secure and, and that whenever they bring someone up he's going to be able to give them quality starts and I think that's one of the reasons Picard's uh, gotten a few few games here so far because they want to make sure that this is the guy that they want as number three in their organization and from what we've seen thus far they've made the right choice he has been very very good uh, I think as we get closer to the end of camp, you're going to see more of Skinner, more of Campbell. But right now, the Oilers defensively are better, and their goaltenders are giving them stop the stops that they need. Yeah, I would I would expect we'll see Skinner tomorrow in Winnipeg, but uh, we'll probably find out more about the lineup tomorrow. Jay Woodcroft was asked about it. I want to get your opinion on it, Rob, because th there aren't a lot of fights in general anymore, nope. and, the, and uh, even the preseason, I mean, it used to be Lots of that's fights. how some guys yep. would try to get noticed. Now it's it's a lot of, uh, I want to see if you can play, not if you can go sit in the belly box for five minutes. But Darnell Nurse fought twice today. Yep. His new contract is now kicking in. He's going to play, you know, but probably 25 minutes a game for most of the season. Um, the, the first one, I mean, McLean was running around. I mean, Kane probably would have tried to beat him up at some point. Uh, and McLean kind of clipped Kane, and we didn't yep. get a good replay. But uh, Kane, yeah, Kane left for a while. Yeah. Um, 
To me, I'm wondering if was the, was the second one really necessary late in the game, challenge, well, you know, taking on a guy like him off the faceoff? So the, the first one was because uh, he felt that McLean took a liberty on Kane Adam from behind, and Kane was down. That's a good teammate. The second one was, because this is my opinion only, second one is Nurse wasn't happy how the first fight went. And I uh, went after him again, said, okay, I, I didn't like that one, so I'm going to, I want to do it again. And then it was a, I mean, McLean's looking left and right because he had Kane wanting to fight him and Nurse wanting to fight him, and he obliged. And Nurse, you could see afterwards, McLean said something, Nurse, and they both kind of nodded, said, all right, good, thanks, and we're done with it. But uh, to me, the second one, I think Nurse just wasn't happy with the way the first fight did. Now, if that's that's something the nurse has in his repertory. He doesn't do it as much as he, as he has in the past. And then last year, I think Bob said he didn't have a fight. He's capable. Uh, and you don't want to take the aggressiveness out of his game. Having said that, if you're a general manager or, or a fan, uh, you know that guys can get hurt in fights. And it's an exhibition game against a guy that's not going to be playing in the NHL this year. You'd hate to see Darnell Nurse break a hand. And after or his hit his time. head like Cassie or, did yeah, or anything like you just stay. No. So there's always a fear when your guy fights, but this is Darnell Nurse. And if you say to Darnell Nurse, you're not allowed to fight, well, you just took away one of the weapons that he has as a hockey player. Oilers win a 2-1 over the Flames. So Warren Fogle, one of the players we were focusing on a little bit on the on the face-off show, and he was on a line with Ryan McLeod and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Maybe that's going to be the Oilers' third line to start the season. I thought they were pretty good. I, I thought they were good, too. I thought McLeod was excellent in this game. Uh, he seems to be getting more and more confidence from uh, year to year now, and, and, and we see him take charge out there. He's aggressive out there. He's got world-class speed. Uh, the speed is always going to be there. The hands eventually will show up and you'll start seeing him capitalize on chances. Newton Hopkins is just smart. He makes good plays, good reads, and then they need somebody with a little bit of grit on that line that's going to uh, be physical and, and be hard on the forecheck, and I think we saw that at a Fogel tonight. We hadn't in the preseason thus far, but that was Fogel. That's what they need from Fogel on a consistent basis, and when he plays like that, that line can be effective. Now, having said that, that line never was on the ice really tonight against an NHL caliber player right. yeah. because there was only one line that was NHL caliber and they were missing a centerman. So they should be better than whoever they played against. They were, but it's a step forward. That line should be good tonight and that line was good. All right. Uh, I thought Jesse Pugliarvi had a pretty decent game as well. And, and the thing for me is, and, and I've said this a million times, the, it's the discrepancy between his good games and his his poor games. I mean, a lot of the better players, they might they have everybody has off nights. Yep. But some nights, like, well, he, he was still okay. Well, he, he still did this. I, I, with with Yessi, we've seen obviously you know where he, he fumbles the puck or runs into his own guys or gets out of position. He's to me, he looked more confident with the puck. He made a couple of nice passes. He seemed to know where he was going. He didn't overhandle it or rush to get rid of it. Uh, I thought especially through the first two periods, he was much better than on Sunday. I thought he was okay. Okay. I just, just okay. I think there, I, I just have a higher expectation and a higher bar of what he's capable of. And uh, I don't think he's, he was, I don't think he was close to what he's capable of. Well, maybe, maybe we, we have to redefine what he's capable of. No, but yeah, true. I, on a consistent basis, I, I know what he's capable of. I don't know if he's capable of doing that game in, game out. And if you're going to play with Leon and Hyman, you've got to be at your ceiling more, more times than not. You can't be, it can't be up and down. You have to be good 
85% uh, of the games because that's a, a very important line for this team. So I thought he was just okay. All right. Oilers win 2-1 over the Flames. Uh, Luke Esposito. Now he's he's going to be in in Bakersfield. He's a, you know he's he's 28 years of age. Just turned 28, or sorry, he's going to turn 29 on October 18th. Um, obviously, a, an organizational depth guy. But I mean, Bob and Camp talked about it during the broadcast too. He keeps getting shots here yeah. in the preseason, and he got the assist on the Kulak game winner. And it, it's it's a simple play. I mean, carry the puck behind the net, wait for some help, and, and put it on a tee for a guy to, to blast away. But I think that shows some experience. I mean, a lot of players in that situation lose the puck, might panic with it, might skate themselves into a corner and get pinned. But he made a nice play there. He, he did, actually, and he had a good game. And I think Mooner said it best as he was moved up when Kane was in a penalty box onto the top line with Connor McDavid because he deserved it. Uh, he, he was good in the game. He was moving his feet. Uh, I, I've been to training camps where older players came in, and I, I was. When I went to Atlanta, I, was, uh, I wasn't going to be playing for the Atlanta Thrashers. I was signed with the minor league team, but I was an older player, so I had confidence, and there was no fear when I was on the ice, and I wasn't afraid to make plays. There's no nervousness because, eh, I've been here before. And, uh, and Esposito, I mean, he's got no... And, Ex, uh, expectation of playing for the Edmonton Oilers this year so when he's on the ice he simply goes and plays because he's not fearful of making a mistake and in this game I thought he was good I I, I do believe that the Oilers have much better organization organizational depth than they've had like guys like that that will there's a long 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 shot there's got to be a ton of injuries for them to even have an opportunity to come up and play for Edmonton actually are pretty good hockey players and in the past uh, a, a guy would go down. Well, actually, there'd be guys in the lineup that you're like, huh, any other probably team, that guy. Yeah. yeah, he probably wouldn't be in the, on any other team. But the others now have guys that are capable of playing at this level that you will probably never, ever see. And that's a good sign because that means in your minor league system, those players are pushing your, your prospects, trying to make them better hockey players. Yeah, Philp, uh, Esposito, and Griffith, I mean, I mean they weren't bad. I, mean, nope. I know they're all going to be in the AHL. And like you said, the, the caliber, I mean, they're going to have matchups Yes, against I think they're the Calgary Wranglers this year. Is the uh, is the AHL team? Oh, I didn't know. Is Calgary's team's in Calgary. Calgary's team is in. I Calgary. did not know that. Yeah. So uh, Griffith is a guy who's been in the AHL. I think he played one game for the Oilers last year. I think that game in Seattle, he got called up. I've seen him in a few Oilers camp. He actually has pretty good hands. He's got very good hands, he, and he thinks the game well. Like you can see that when he's got the puck, he's not just trying to force something. He's trying to read the play and see where the puck can go. So uh, I, he's a guy that you watch over the course of the season. Uh, is he capable of doing that at the NHL level on a consistent basis? Uh, you never know. But, yeah, he, he's got hockey smarts, and it's, it's noticeable when he's on the ice. The, the odd thing is that was the Oilers' fourth line tonight. That, they had that rush in the second period. Usually you don't say this about a fourth line. They were guilty of overpassing. Yeah, they were. Because Griffith, I, I think he was Esposito that got it to him, and then he tried Griffith tried back, one yeah. more over to Philp, or maybe it was back to Esposito. And yeah, yeah, he was trying where he should have just fired it. Yeah. Yes. And when they, they got back to the bench, I'm sure the coaching staff yeah. said, hey, you get that in the slot there, you put the puck on net. Yeah, shooting's not selfish if you're in the best <laughs> situation to shoot. That's what uh, you always say. Orders get the 2-1 win over the Calgary Flames tonight, 38-22, the final shots in favor of the Oilers. They open the score shorthanded. Uh, oddly enough, the Oilers do not have a power play goal through four preseason games, though this was the first one with their NHL power play. Dreisaitl was set up by Yamamoto and Broberg, and Yamamoto did a ton of work on that goal. He, he did. He, he outbattled two flames behind the net and came out with the puck. Then he had 
Five flames staring him down. Uh, he took a little look-see over his shoulder with his back to the play and threw a, a backhand pass or threw a pass on net that he was trying to find Drysaddle going to the far end. And uh, good on Woodcroft talking about the fact that he took a big hit to make the play because he waited to the last possible end because Drysaddle had to come all the way from the bench that if Yamamoto threw it too quickly, it was just going to go through the crease and out the other side or Lador would have, Vladar would have just, you know, covered it up. But he had to wait as long as he possibly could to get Leon down close enough to the net. And to do that, it meant he had to absorb a hit. He did that, put the puck on net, and Leon Dreisel pounced on a, a rebound for a wide open net. But that was all Yamamoto. Yeah. I mean, that Leon gets the goal, and I think Broberg had an assist. But that was all Yamamoto, that play right there. It's And the Oilers had a, a decent year shorthanded last season. I mean, I remember uh, Hyman and Nugent Hopkins combined for that shorthanded game winner in uh, in Washington. Kane had a couple of shorthanded goals and just, I'm going to check their total for the well, season. It, but it, you start throwing those names out. You start throwing those names out there. The, the Oilers penalty killers are very good offensive players. Kane, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, Leon Dreisettle, those are some of your penalty killers. All are highly uh, skilled players so that if there is a breakdown, and most teams go uh, four forwards, one defenseman. Yeah. And in those setups, there's always going to be a bobble and there's going to be odd man breaks. And in odd man breaks, you're not sending your third or fourth line guys down on a two-on-one. You're sending your best players on two-on-ones. They will score a number of shorthanded goals this year because of the players that they put out there. Uh, the Oilers had 11 shorthanded goals last season, tied for third with L.A. Florida had 12, and the Maple Leafs had 13. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like, how Yamamoto behaved on that play. If it's a fourth liner, he's probably going to if he gets the puck to begin with, he's probably going to try and kill four seconds and then just dump it behind the net. Or he's going to push, go up against the boards and hold his body against the boards right. and let them fight in his feet to try to get the right. puck out. Absolutely. He's not thinking about doing anything, no. putting the puck towards the net. But, we, but we've seen this over the last year and a half with the Oilers that when they get the puck in their... Most penalty kills, especially if you're playing against Edmonton, you should, but most penalty kills, as soon as they get the puck on their stick in their own end, their, own, their first thought is just fire it as hard as you can to the other end. You know, just get this out of trouble. The Oilers don't do that. They get the puck on the, their, their stick in their own end. They're looking north right away, and their line mates are jumping. We see Darnell Nurse all the time shorthanded. If he sees one of his forwards get the puck, he's jumping up into the play. So the Oilers are thinking offense in a penalty-killing situation, and it hasn't hurt them defensively, and it certainly has helped change the complexion of some games. 11 shorthanded goals, that's what, one every seven and a half games they're scoring a shorthanded goal. That's a big difference in a hockey game. All right, Oilers win 2-1 over the Flames tonight at Rogers Place. Here is Kyler Yamamoto. And your play, or is this just kind of a fresh start new year? You know, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, I felt good at the end of the year, but, uh, you know, I had a lot more confidence at the end of the year, so I'm thinking maybe it is. But, uh, yeah, I, come, I came in this year with a lot more confidence. So. You guys all take a bit of a pause on the bench when you see Kane through McDavid like that in the middle of the ice? I think everybody in the building did. Oh, my goodness. Uh, was honest. I didn't even see it, to be completely honest. Um, but I saw the replay, and I was like, I'm getting this all the time. <laughs> That's not what you want to see in a preseason game. Now, there's a lot of talk before the game about, like, can Connor McDavid score 50 goals because he's done everything else offensively. What do you think about that? Just because the way he kind of set you up, it seems like he's always looking for somebody else rather than taking shots. I definitely think he can. Um, he's a pass-first guy, but um, his shot's unbelievable, so I definitely think he can. Um, and I think he's been working towards that, and um, I think he has a really good shot this year. He kind of 
maybe looked off uh, or took a, didn't take advantage of a couple shots to set you up. You, you yeah. kind of always maybe need to have your stick on the ice and be ready for stuff like that, I guess, playing with him? Anytime. Anybody who's playing with him, um, they always got to be ready. He's going to find those lanes, um, whether you like it or not. So you got to be ready. And, um, you like this better than the press conference table? Uh, just a little bit, honestly. <laughs> All right, quick uh, comments there from uh, Kyler Yamamoto, and they're they're back to doing uh, in well up close uh, post game media uh, availabilities right in the in the dressing room as opposed to bringing the players out to the podium in the in the Hall of Fame room. That's what uh, Ryan meant with that uh, question at the end. Yamamoto's usually pretty personable in those interviews that uh, that I found. But yeah, he had a pretty good game as the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Well, we're still gonna hear from Evander Kane. You're still going to hear from Jack Campbell. This was the first time he ever played in any sort of a game in an Oilers uniform. And, of course, we are happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the open line number. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks for joining us. Final at Rogers Place tonight. Oilers 2, Calgary Flames 1, Dreisaitl and Kulak for the Oilers. Dubé for the Flames. Here's what's coming up tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 12.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Game at 2 with Morley and Dave and Blake and Brendan Elks home to the Alouettes. And then we'll go into an abbreviated face-off show after the football broadcast at 5.30. Game at 6. Oilers at Jets as they cap off this run of five games and seven nights to start the preseason. 780-496-0063 is the good old open line number. We have Alex standing by. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hi there, sir. How are you? Good. Well, I've had four or five heart attacks tonight here, and the regular season hasn't even started yet. Oh, my oh goodness. Oh, my God. I, like, my thought was McDavid's hurt, and then Nurse is getting into it, and I'm going, okay, guys, it's Calgary, but oh, oh my God. My question is, too, do you have a good therapist here? Because it's game five of the preseason, and I, I tell you, I can't wait till the regular season started, starts, and I'm stoked, and uh, Golders go, and I love your show. I always uh, listen to 6.30 Chad, the play-by-play, especially when I'm on the road. Love it. Keep it going. Golders go. Okay, well, we appreciate that, Alex. Thanks for tuning in. Cam and Jack and Bob do a great job de- describing the action for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how many people were on the verge of a heart attack when McDavid was down, but it wasn't pleasant to see, but uh, he's fine. He's fine. Nurse is fine. Team played well. Uh, it's one step. I mean, the, the Oilers' goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And tonight, their, their veteran players took a first very small step towards that. They got to play their first exhibition game. They'll probably all play at least two more mm-hmm. and prepare themselves for the start of the season. That's the thing about uh, playoffs. Teams that go on long runs, they, it's an incredible, exciting experience. But then they realized to get there again, they got to go through a training camp, then preseason, then yeah. 82 regular season games, then get win a couple of rounds to get to where they are. It's a long, long haul. So the very beginning, it seems like so far away. Yeah. Yet it still is that first uh, first step. And, and Newton Hopkins talked about it. They want to get back. They went a long way last year. They want to get back out there playing, clicking, trying to get to the level that they were at last year. And it's, uh, today's just one step towards that. Yeah, uh, it, it is such a, and I mean, I know athletes, I mean, I, I joke about it. I know the audience jokes about it because anybody who's 
whether you're uh, four years old and you've been watching sports for two years or you're 84 and you've been watching sports for 82 years, you've heard an athlete say one day at a time, Woody always says, keep the picture small. But, but it is true. I mean, you can't, and the thing is, okay, so last year, you know, great. Uh, okay, let's take Edmonton and the Rangers. They're one series away from being in the cup final. Well, mm -hmm. big deal. You know, you got to, everybody's, Starts Arizona, again. the Rangers, Edmonton's going to have zero points on opening day. Well, it's like if it, it, it's someone that goes for a run, and say you decide you want to run 12 kilometers, and you start your run, and you think, I got a 12-kilometer run. Well, you don't do that. You say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make it to the end of the street. And then you get there, okay, you know what, I'm going to go a little further. I'm trying to get to two kilometers now. And you just take it that way, and it doesn't seem as daunting. So when you say, okay, we got to go through 82 games, we got to make the playoffs, and then we're going to have to win this many games, it seems like that is a lot. That's a lot. Uh, the things that you're going to have to go through, the ups and the downs. So you just take it one day at a time. You can't win uh, game five until you've played games one through four. So you just worry about whichever game. And most teams have little goal setting things or little um, they put things okay here's what we're going to do we want to get eight points in these five games or something along that line just to make sure you start making the picture as small as possible and it's the only way you can have success if you start looking too far ahead your mind wanders and you lose what you're supposed to be focused on so good teams don't do that 2-1 win for the Oilers tonight. I, I know when I've run my half marathons, I always just think if Rob Brown can score 49 <laughs> goals in a season, I can run 21K. Oh, God. Well, I, I walked 25K the other day in Barcelona. Yeah, you did. That's pretty amazing. That was pretty cool. But I, the thing is, I had to stop at a bar every two or three <laughs> you, kilometers. Right. Nobody was timing you. No. It wasn't I, competitive. No, it was not competitive at all. I had a cava and, a, <laughs> and a, some tapas, and then I went to the, to the next couple kilometers. But it's like when I used to ride the bike, it's, okay, if, if, if your goal was to ride for an hour, you say, okay, I'm just going to ride 20 minutes. If I get 20 minutes, I'll see how I feel. Then you get to, well, I could probably do five more and you just keep lying to yourself and eventually you get to that 60 minutes but if you start putting the, yeah. the top number off the start you're like hey that's way too yeah. long and then you quit on it all right you know, 780-496-0063 we have jerry standing by jerry thanks for calling hi yeah I uh, love the show. I just wanted to chime in and ask about Jesse Pogliarvi. Um, you, you guys were having a little back-and-forth banter there on tonight's uh, performance. And I just kind of wanted to maybe put Rob on the spot and just maybe if he could elaborate a little bit on uh, what he thinks Jesse needs to do or what, you know, what is his ceiling? What, he, what can he pull out of his game? Because, uh, you know, he does have wheels. He does have the potential there. And many are okay with sometimes a performance like tonight. But, um, you know, where can he really take his game? Like, that's, I just wondered what your opinion is on him. Well, he, he's got every tool in the toolbox. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He can shoot the puck. Uh, but for, for, for Jesse, the biggest thing is, is confidence. Uh, when his confidence lags, I mean, there's an example tonight. He's bringing the puck up in, his, in the offensive zone. He had a guy on him. And he tried to move the puck back to the defenseman. He passed it to the defenseman. It was two feet in the air. And that's just a, a kid that's not confident with making a play right there. Uh, the Oilers and the Oilers fans would love for Jesse to be a second-line uh, winger playing with Leon Dreisaitl. That big body out there, the way he can shoot the puck, it just is confidence. To me, his confidence still isn't there yet. The, you watch the shifts tonight. Uh, a confidence player 
likes to stay on a little bit extra. Watch Leon and Connor. When they're feeling it, their line mates are changing. They're stealing a few extra seconds out of the next line's uh, minutes because they, they I'm going to do something special here. Tonight, I bet you four times I watched Leon and Hyman out on the ice, and yes, he went and changed. He just didn't didn't like what was going on. He just went off the ice, and it was probably you know, 20, 25 seconds before his line mates did. And that's not somebody who, to me, is being assertive, saying, this is my spot, and this is where I belong. That's someone saying, get me off before I make a mistake. I have noticed that he takes shorter shifts some games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wound up playing 16-28 tonight, credited with one shot on goal for Pugliarvi as uh, the Oilers win 2-1. I mean, David didn't get a point, Rob. <laughs> well, that's good. They won a game. He didn't get a point. He's saving it. Uh, he was, this is, to me, again, this is all Dan Vladder. This was, he, he was excellent in net for the Calgary Flames. And I, I don't track the, the, the grade A scoring chances, but the Oilers must have had, it must have been 18 to Two, two or three, probably, or something yeah. like that. And the, so the saves that he, they weren't perimeter shots. They weren't a lot of shots from the point. It wasn't shots from the outside. They were all blue paint slot shots, and they were getting wide open looks. And and it was the other's best players that had all these looks. And that's how good the Calgary netminder was. McDavid is so exciting. And I know sometimes we, we've had conversations or, or calls where are we even talking about him enough? Because you get used to him doing spectacular things. The, he made that one rush in the. I believe it was early in the third period and he, he kind of got turned away and then Hannafin started carrying the puck up the center of the ice and the rest of the flames changed and McDavid caught him from behind and batted the puck off his stick with one hand and then couldn't quite reach it before it rolled to the boards. If he, if he, if he would have got that, he would have had a breakaway about 20 feet from Flames players who were changing because they thought there was no chance that there was going to be any sort of a play. Like, even little things like that, how he keeps things alive. Well, and that's him reading the play. Uh, if He read the play that the Calgary Flames were changing. He understands that he's faster than any player in the league. And he's like, all right, they're changing. I catch that, I'm gone. And, and he would have been. And you're right, It just the puck just rolled out of his reach or it would have been a wide-open breakaway on a play then Noah Hannafin had the puck at the red line going north. McDavid was, uh, you know, inches away from having a breakaway going back the other way. So uh, he, he's got a combination of the highest skill level in the National Hockey League with the fastest speed in the National Hockey League with the fastest brain in the National Hockey League. It allows you to be the best player in the world. And tonight, uh, probably unlucky not to have four or five points because that's how many good opportunities the Oilers did have. Okay, we're going to quickly bring you the news and weather. Mike is up next on the open line. Feel free to chime in yourself, 780-496-0063. It's a 2-1 preseason win for the Oilers over the Calgary Flames. Hartlett Ford Overtime Open Line is live in Studio 99. Talk to you in a couple minutes. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ladar only able to slow it down as Yamamoto takes the puck in behind the net, makes a couple of moves, now goes to the right, he'll center it, scores! Leon Dreisaitl, right in front of the net! Short-handed goal, and the Oilers are up. one nothing. All right, that got it started. Kulak would finish it 2-1. Oilers beat the Flames. I can also tell you tonight, as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. 
Hockey.com. The Golden Bears hockey team opened their season 6-1 on the road at Mount Royal. They will host the Cougars 7 p.m. tomorrow at Rogers Place. Blue Jays beat the Red Sox 9-0. In the CFL, good result here for the Elks as Winnipeg beats Saskatchewan 31-13. And about five minutes into the third quarter, the Lions taking it to the Red Blacks 27-6. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. Good crowd tonight. Very good crowd. A little, little quieter in here now, but it was busy earlier. But, yeah, it but was. good crowd in the, in the bowl watching the game. Well, I, I think the Oiler faithful had a pretty good inkling that the Oiler lineup tonight was going to be quite strong and they wanted an opportunity to see their stars come back and play the first time uh, this preseason and they were treated to a very good hockey game. All right, 780-496-0063. We will welcome Mike to the show. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Just uh, wanted to uh, talk uh, your thoughts on Yamamoto, Nuge, and uh, Drysettle getting back together. I mean, a couple years ago, they were the best line in the, the league at the time that they were playing together, and now just don't see that combination a lot. Um, a good point. I, I think that they, they like Yamamoto playing with McDavid, and I think McDavid likes playing with Yamamoto. So I think that's a start. I think also with the emergence of Ryan McLeod, and if he can continue to uh, progress as a hockey player and, and be a good third-line center, that allows the Oilers to move Ryan Nugent Hopkins up and down the lineup if they want, depending on who they're playing against. I think they like him on the third line with McLeod and, well, it was Fogel tonight. That gives them a very good third line. But if they play against a team that they need a little bit more oomph in their top six, they can m move Nugent Hopkins up and he can play with a Leon. And all of a sudden, you can start mixing and matching that way. But that line was very good. But I think that the Oilers do believe that they have much better depth now, that they're able to put those three players, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisel on three different lines and have an effective three offensive lines they can throw at you at any time. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point by uh, by Mike because that was an incredible line yep. for that. The, I guess it was kind of the last half of the season that then got shortened by the pandemic in March of 2020. But Jay Woodcroft has talked about strengthening the spine of the team. So that's McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins or, or Cloud Plants, mm -hmm. however they, they want to li line up. But the, the fun part is uh, we, we're going to see a lot of combinations. Yep. Um, and uh, I mean, look, if I'm thinking Jay Woodcroft would be crazy at some point, several points in the season, to put Kane, McDavid, and Drysdale out mm -hmm. together. They were together most of the playoffs. And were dominant. Uh, you know, maybe yep. you do it after an icing, or maybe you say one day, huh, you know, it's 2 2, six minutes left in the third. I'm going to give them a Well, they, they did get they, one shift yeah, tonight where bit. they put in. Well, that's the, the thing that I know everybody's so focused on lines. But if you ever watch a hockey game, I mean, it's mismatched all throughout the night uh, with power plays, with penalty kills, with four-on-fours, with who's going, with who's not going. Players are so much better nowadays at adapting to different line mates shift to shift. Uh, and what we've seen here with the Oilers with the fact that Leon and Connor are capable of playing wing, playing center, playing together, playing apart. And when you're mixing and matching and the two guys you're mixing and matching around are the two best players in the National Hockey League, the coaching staff has a lot of options he can put out there. So uh, I, I don't think you're going to see anything set in stone. You're going to see game one of the, of the regular season will have lines to start the game. There's no 
nothing that says that has to be set in stone and that's how they'll finish or how they'll start the next game. There will be options for Jay Woodcroft. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Oilers beat the Flames 2-1. We also have Mark standing by. Hey, Mark, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I just uh, was at the game tonight and was uh, taken aback, actually, by the amount of fans for a preseason. I go way back 40 years. <laughs> I remember sitting in stands with season game. Uh, it was pretty intense. I got to say, uh, the experiment with Poyarvi has got to be over. I feel for Ken Hall, and he's done a lot uh, of good and, and is trying to showboat this guy to get to get something for him. It's a, it's a shame. Um, he's got everything, and he just he just lacks the confidence. It's really too bad. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, I mean, there's no doubt he's been shopped. Um, so if, if the Oilers haven't been able to get what they're asking for or what they think is remotely fair, I, I know there are still rumors about a possible deal even before the end of training camp. So we'll see. It, it has to. It has to weigh on him. I, I yeah. mean, he, he, at one point, he did want to be traded, mm -hmm. right? So, I, 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 and I mean, heck, I host a talk show every night, and there are times where I'm just like, I do. Is there's got to be other things to talk about? But I wind up talking about him anyway because the caller wants to, or a texter wants to, or or, or something. He, happens. He's a popular kid that you want to see succeed. Uh, he's got potential but I've played with guys that had a big P over their head for the first three four years of their career a potential that they never reached and at some point you're like okay uh, I, I still hope that he can find that the problem for for yes his biggest is a, well two things confidence he struggles with and it's very evident when he does and, and thinking the game I don't think he thinks the game as well as some of the players that he's playing with and that makes it hard because those players think it at another level and if you aren't remotely close, you're going to find yourself in the wrong position a lot of the times on the ice. All right, uh, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room and hear from Evander Kane. Yeah. Getting in your space again. Good. Well, it's good you guys can look me in the eye now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got the hit of the night tonight. I got the hit of the night? Yeah. Oh, going down there, getting hit in the head? No, oh, oh. Connor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was an aggressive game. Yeah. <laughs> you seen anything to you? Huh? You seen anything to you? Yeah, I told him. I, uh, <laughs> we, uh... No, we uh, obviously ran into each other, but he was okay, and I was just trying to, I was trying to get out of the way, but uh, those type of things happen. First preseason game, so I, I guess that's to be expected. The whole game looked like you guys were getting into the net, you were getting your chances, but it looked like preseason finish. Nothing yeah. quite got to the ending, yeah. finish line. Yeah, I, I was joking around. I said, that's probably a good sign. You know, you want to save a couple for the regular season, so uh, as long as you're getting your chances and playing the Ozone, I thought we did a good job of that tonight. We probably had our line alone probably six or seven great A's nothing really went in but uh, you know, we keep playing like that uh, after one preseason game I think we'll be fine. What do you think of uh, Darnell kind of stepping in there now once or twice there? I mean, this is preseason. Yeah, I, I mean the first time was, was awesome uh, really appreciate that. The second time I was a little surprised because I was ready to go <laughs> so I think we were all looking at each other what was going on there but uh, you know, he's uh, he's obviously a leader on this team and um, seeing him step up and, and uh, take care of that physical stuff uh, for me was uh, was appreciated and um, you know that's just the type of guy and, and teammate he is. Were you were you holding your breath a little bit when or did you know Connor was okay or were you holding your breath? You poke him with the stick. I knew he's okay. He's he's a big strong guy. Uh, you know I think uh, I think. Uh, 
anytime you're you don't see it coming it probably is a little bit you're just more surprised than anything but uh, no, I think he's fine. <laughs> Founder, uh, last year the message was constant on Kyler Yamamoto. The top guys want to play with him. What makes him... Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> what makes him a, a, a teammate and a linemate that you're going to covet so much? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think the, uh, the the first goal kind of just speaks to, uh, you know, the type of player he is. He's a smaller guy, but he absorbs a hit, hangs on the puck, uh, takes a big hit to make a really good play. Um, you know, he's small in stature, but he's uh, he's big in heart, and, um, you know, he had a really good performance uh, tonight. All right, Evander Kane able to uh, laugh it off the collision <laughs> with Connor McDavid in the second period as he helps the Oilers win 2-1 tonight over the Calgary Flames. Edmonton out shooting Calgary 38-22. Jack Campbell, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, stopped 7 of 8. Calvin Pickard stopped 14 of 14. Vladar, Dan Vladar for Calgary, stopped 37 out of 38. We have Tony on the line as well. Tony, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How's it going, guys? Doing wonderful. I have a, I have a few things I want to... Uh, well, a couple of questions I have, and a couple of questions I have, and one thing that uh, I understand the whole Puliari situation, but don't rush the process because we could end up trading away a guy that does find his confidence and has a chance to score 25, 30 goals a season. Um, you guys were saying something about how Broberg doesn't look as fluent on the ice as he did last year and that because he thought that if he gained weight that his skating wouldn't like that he wouldn't need to work on his skating so much and i want you guys hot takes of this season hot takes of this season what is what what does that mean you want us to make like, outrageous I, predictions uh arizona uh, over montreal for the stanley cup oh that's that, a good that call. hot enough for you that's a good call i no, didn't like, see I, that like for me like my hot take for this year and I know people are going to think I'm weird. I don't think, I think Vegas is going to be one of the t- bottom teams this year. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm not sure what to think about them. They really had a I tough think, year last year. I think they've made some poor choices in Vegas with, with their GM, with their coaching staff, and then some of the movement players, the players yeah. they moved. They, they got away from their identity. As for Broberg, I, I just, I, Bo- Broberg just doesn't look as confident. As he did. There's a lot more pressure. Is there something though you put you put on 12? Like that's significant to gain well, 12 pounds in three or four months. Well, when I, I know it's muscle, but still. Well, I don't. It's not, honestly, I don't know <laughs> on him. On me, I gained I, one year. I came back 10 pounds heavier, and that wasn't in as good a shape. And they kept press kept asking me, said, yeah, I just needed it for corner weight. It just simply it wasn't as good a shape. Right. <laughs> so, um, to me, I, I, I don't know him well enough to know, and I don't see the body makeup to see if that's the the problem. But I do know that if the expectation is for him to make the team, so there's more pressure. When you come to a camp and there's no expectation and you're going in there to say, all right, I'm going to go and play well and see what happens, it's much easier to play. But now the weight of the world's on you. This is your opportunity. It's, and it, Ken Holland said it. It's his spot to lose. So now all of a sudden coming in, you're a little more hesitant. And that's what I've seen in his game, just a little bit of hesitancy. And then tonight, the one where he got up and he fell twice trying to get to the puck, that's just someone that maybe he's trying too hard and it's affecting his game a little bit. I mean, he's not completely off, but when the game that we saw last year was like, oh my goodness, this kid. Yeah, the expectations were that he would look like a comfortable NHLer. Yeah, and, and he's not. And, yeah. And again, he's a young player. Now, is he still one of the Oilers' seven best defensemen in camp? Yeah, probably. Probably still. Yeah, yeah, probably still is. I think Ryan. the door is open for Ryan Murray to, to maybe f- 
slide in in the top six to start the season. Um, but again, you need you need a good quality eight defenseman minimum yeah. at the National Hockey League level if you want to succeed during the regular season because injuries will Nibelein, always happen. Has Nibelein outplayed Broberg from an obviously physical standpoint? But Nibelein's outplayed everybody from a physical standpoint. Yeah, uh, Broberg has better hockey sense. Nibelein has much more of a physical presence. And it was one of those ones, too. You decide who you're playing against, which player you want in the lineup. I think both have had... Uh, glimpses of very good in this camp and I think both have shown times where they seemed a little overwhelmed but I think both are going to be quality NHL defensemen. Okay, the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 tonight at Rogers Place. You'll hear from goaltender Jack Campbell when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back to Milano on the left to Stone. He'll shoot. Save made by Campbell. As Michael Stone, who scored for the Flames two nights ago in Calgary with a look off the left wing. That is Jack Campbell's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers beat the Flames 2-1. Down to the room. Here's Campbell. I know you've been doing captain's seats in practice. I wonder what it felt like tonight to kind of do it for real. Yeah, it felt good to get out there for real. And uh, I know the group was excited. The boys came out and played really, really strong. So uh, just nice to get the new jersey, uh, hear the new fans. And, you know, the boys were buzzing out there and got a big two points. When you look at uh, just how you felt camp has been going, uh, did tonight sort of feel like normally it feels for you when you're getting your preseason part of your training going as you prepare for the regular season? Yeah, I think camp's been really productive. We've been working on a lot of areas, um, you know, us goalies as well as the team, and um, everybody's doing a great job. And Shortsy, uh, he's been working with me and, and the goalies on a lot of different things, and it was nice to get out there and, and work on it in game action. And, you know, now I get to wake up tomorrow and know what i got to work on, so it's good. Jack, you talked about the fans. Uh, 12 seconds in, you make your first save, and the soup chance began in oil country. How do you feel about that chance? I mean, it's it's really cool. I, I love when they erupt for the team when we score and, and win the game. So that's the most important thing. But you know, it's you know, I'm honored that they do that. So thanks, guys. What, do you, what goes through your mind when you see Evander Kane explode through McDavid like that in the middle of the ice, like the whole building was kind of like? Yeah, your heart stops for sure, you know. Um, anybody on the team, when they go down, it's always scary. And, you know, you hope they pop right up. And thankfully he did. And he's a tough guy. So, um, and Kaner's a strong guy too. So it's uh, it's a pretty big collision. But we're just thankful uh, Davo's okay. Were you hoping for, for more work in the first game? I know that's counter, sort of counterintuitive. That you, you know, you wanted your team to be on the other end normally. But. Hey, I mean, when we play that well, you know, it's great for everybody. So, um, you know, of course, there's lots to get to work on and um, you know I'll have my time in practice and, and games to keep sharpening up but it was a great team win. What do you like uh, preseason like how many starts do you prefer what do you need or you know yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, usually it's just whatever coach does. So, um, you know, however many he puts me in, I'll be ready to go. And, you know, the, it's just nice getting that first one kind of out of the way and uh, learning from it and moving on. Want to stop lots of pucks, but is it the exhibition games for the defenseman okay. too? Okay, here's how I handle it now. The communication between the defenseman and the goal. 
goaltender is important too to work out the kinks in exhibition games. Yeah, I mean, I handle it and stuff. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, getting that timing and uh, trust. You know, getting the communication going. Thought the guys did a great job, and puck handles were uh, pretty spot on from from Picks and I. So you know, we can always keep working, and uh, I thought the D did a great job. Are you? Uh, an adventuresome puck handler too at times, or no? Pretty simple to be honest, but you're never going to be Smitty. I mean, he's uh, he's a lead at it, and you know, he's amazing. So it's it's you know, there's only a few guys that have played the game that I think uh, are on that level. All right, that is Jack Campbell, the new goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. He played a little over half the game, 31 minutes and 12 seconds, stopped 7 out of 8. Calvin Pickard went the rest of the way. He stopped 14 out of 14 as the Oilers take down the Calgary Flames 2-1 tonight. Get more on the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. More on the Edmonton Elks there as well. We have the Elks home to the Alouettes tomorrow on 630Ched. Countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott starts at 12.30. Play-by-play -play with Dave and Morley will start at 2. The Elks trying to keep those playoff hopes alive and snap that 14-game home field losing streak. After the Elks wrap-up, we'll start the face-off show at 5.30 and then play-by-play -play Oilers at Jets at 6. Fun doubleheader coming up tomorrow on 6.30 Jet. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at the 6.30 Jet Broadcasting Compound. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.